everybody to another exciting episode of the two half squads a special episode i'm we're your I'm round Jeff. table number two yes uh though we're not sitting at a round table again this is a square table but it, you know it's theater of the mind let's pretend like it's a round table sitting with us to my left uh rich spilkey the rich spilkey jack murphy the jack murphy not the jack murphy no and dave kleinschmidt of course and me and I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. No, but here we are. So, thanks everybody. Thanks you guys for coming for another uh, round table. It's been a long time since we've done a round table. I enjoyed the last one that when I listened to. I would have thought there would have been more throughout the time period, but glad to partake in, in this. More round tables? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we should have we done We do more. have to do more round tables. Yeah. That, that one you had um, Louis Tokar, as I recall. Right. And Bob Holstrom, I right. think I was part of that as well. You were. That was fun. That was an one of our best episodes. We got a lot of good comments about that because people didn't have to listen to me and Dave. So <laughs> there's a lot of there's always a lot of excitement. Boring that. rules. Boring, boring, boring. So what are we talking about tonight? We've actually we we <laughs> the guys showed up here about uh, 45 minutes ago, and we've been talking squad leader for four. Madly for 45 minutes because we haven't seen each other in a long time. And uh, I'm done. <laughs> you good? How, how about you? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm pretty tired too. All right. Well, next time, Works everyone. Works for me. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening. Well, one thing we talked about was <laughs> this binding of Jack's, um, Jack Murphy's rule book. It's, can you tell, tell us about that? <laughs> well, it's. Um, other people have done it. I'm not the only one who's done this, but I used to have the everything in sheet protectors and we started going to some tournaments. You know, you're lugging 100 pounds through wherever you're going and sort of minimize things as I just bit the bullet, had a few beers and took it to Kinko's and had them uh, how many, spiral bound it. How many people did you crash into on the way? Well, it, it took me a couple times to actually... Make it Find over the and way do it. But no, it's you know some people you know they talk about the the sheet protectors at last. This has been around. What I have here has been fully fun- or in good shape for fifteen plus years. Um, so I mean, it's if you take reasonable care of it, it'll you know. I just I don't think sheet protectors are actually. So you think that really is there necessary? An, is there an advantage to this over? The binder and the sheet protector takes up less space. It is oh, okay. light. It's very, so very light. Less weight. Yeah. And, and yeah, I have to switch to bind, three ring binders 
you know, although you have all your, oh, you don't have the Pacific and everything. No. Jack's got, I have a couple binders. Look, he's got all of Chapter G, the Pacific. All and and if you were to damage a page, H. he's got his originals still protected in a safe spot that he could make it under photocopy if he needed to. Yeah. Nice. It is Plus one, nice. no doubt he's got one in a, a safety deposit box. Well, I'm one of those guys. It's the reason why you can't find the rule books. I have like three of the original rule books that, you know, it was when. You're a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. But I sold my. I had a copy of the, the North Africa module. I can't think of the name of it now. That I let go at cost that I found. West of Alamein. West of Alamein for someone back in, I think, in Ohio. For at, at cost, but when was that? Uh, it was probably like ten years ago. Oh, okay. I mean, before the the new stuff came out, back yeah. when there was no chapter F, no nothing. Uh, okay. Roger Whalen had a new guy starting out, and he needed that. And I said, piped in. Well, I have this. I bought it for twenty five dollars at the Lagrange <coughs> Hobby Shop yeah. here in Illinois because they didn't know what it was. It, I'd seen it sitting on the shelf for 10 years and finally made an offer on it. And the guy let me have it for 25, 30 bucks. And that's what I let Roger's friend have it for. Those were the days. You do have the updated hedgerow pages yeah, here. Yeah, they're all in there. That Jeff knows so well. He knows all Very. these examples. Oh, yes, I know them backwards and you forwards. Know, again, I, I suggested this during our last roundtable a number of months ago. And I just really feel that it would be a decent idea. If MMP would have an annual subscription for I don't know, say ten bucks, fifteen bucks, some number in that range, where then you could get an updated rule book or at least the updated rule book pages electronically downloadable, so you could print them out and take the place of the pages like Jack has here in his rule book, take the place of the pages that are updated, and then each year the errata could be incorporated in that way. And it's not talk, you know we're not talking tons of money here, but I think it would be enough revenue to warrant the work and the effort it would take to put forward the downloadable pages. Most squad leader players would be more than happy to pay 10 or 15 bucks a year, it seems to me, to keep the latest and greatest. Oh, oh yeah. In a heartbeat. Uh, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I won't. I'm done spending money on squad leader. <laughs> I don't know. I suggested the that anomaly. last time, and I see it just took took off. I see everyone's been clamoring to, to go after the suggestions Yeah, it's I one of those things. I think anything on ele- electronic forms is just not going to happen. You know, I mean, I well, you know, a lot of the game companies do have their rules in electronic form. Online. Online, for free. Right. You know, like uh, most of the GMT games you can get, they they call their, their rules living rules. I don't know. But, yeah, so no, you, you can download That makes sense, but, I mean, like I say, I don't know everything, but I don't think any of those game companies actually sell a rule, you know, have as a product a rule book. For sixty dollars or whatever right. the amount is, you know, it's it's you get the rules with the game, but they'll make the the rules available online. But when you buy their game, the rules are inside the game. It's whereas not, I get ASL is sort of different. You know, the rules are a separate shelf item. Yeah, you know, you don't, they don't come in the box. They don't come in the box. Yeah, you know, yeah. You and I hear, I hear your box. point, Jeff. Yeah, and and I'm a GMP, GMT fan, and I do like the way they have living rules. I totally agree. But with Squad Leader, you know, the rules, let's face it, are way more intricate, way more interrelated. And so if one were to change a rule, it might have to change the example that pertains to that rule, or it might relate to a rule in another chapter. And so it seems to me that Squad Leader really ought to charge a subscription, and legitimately so, not just as a money-making ploy, but as a legitimate cost they would incur to update them 
perhaps once a year if that was the frequency. So I, I, you know, we're talking, one of the topics we talked about as a potential topic is things that bother us about the game or things we're troubled by, and this is one of the things I think they could do better. Yeah, because it seems to me that somebody is not going to download the rules if they were offered for free. Somebody's not going to download the rules. That wouldn't take any money out of MMP's pocket because what good is it? You know, the rules in, a, in and of themselves don't do any good unless you've got the game. You've got to go out and buy the other well, stuff. Well, the, the only you're right there, but the only other thing would be is is if if you could download the rules, you actually don't need to buy the game because you could just play it via vassal. Well, yeah, that's you true. Know, that's true. You could, yeah, that's a good point. There's sort of a side. I haven't played vassal in a while, but when I did, I enjoyed it. It was handy. It was um, worked really well. I haven't messed with it in a couple of years, but you know, if you could download the rules for free. You could get Vassal yeah, right. for free, and then you don't need to. Oh yeah, you don't, you know, need, you don't need to purchase anything. anything. I'll stand corrected. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about maybe not necessarily downloading all the rules. I'm just saying, hey, we made changes to the following right, five the pages right. this year, and here are the five pages you should replace this year. And yeah. let I, it be upon the the recipient of the download or the CD to incur the costs of printing that you know piece of paper, right? Page with updated rules. True, and they, and they did that for a couple pages on their website. I remember printing out a couple pages yeah. of rule replacements. Of course, you guys remember the days when you got the little coupon, and you had to cut it out of the rule book right, and then I remember like that. mail I remember it that. in. Yep, or I remember. Something. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then they would send you pages, and yeah, I, yeah. Well, it's, they still they. How did they do it? Well, now they include them. They included them in the modules for a while. So if you bought Paratrooper, you got like three p- update pages and. So what was the coupon for then? Did we ever really use that coupon? I don't remember. I don't see how that works though, because they, if they if they're going they to add something to a page, it pushes everything. Coupon, have, yeah. you had to use it by such and such date. You know, otherwise it would. They would expire. It would expire. And then they just started in the, in the packets or in the game box. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Well, um, you know, if you add something to a rule section, it pushes everything on all subsequent paragraphs. You know, they conceivably are, to another page. Yeah, they've always How do they made do that? It fit. So it they made mess it fit. More than like two, yeah. And there's got to be a way to do it without pushing 300 pages forward. There's got to yeah. be a yeah. way to have a page A7A and then an well, A7B. Haven't they done that where there's been like a yes, a page at you know it's like 87A the bocage bocage and wall advantage. It's now yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a way to do that to avoid having to push all Just the pages forward. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know, it's just an idea, but I really think it's legitimate. I think it's in MMP's best interest and in ASL's best interest to, to look at something like that. Yeah, and it's different. You know, it's not making an electronic rule book. It's just making the updates available, you know, as either a subscription or, or a CD, any errata, any... Right, and to play ASL, I mean, you know, everyone knows that plays ASL, how much effort it takes just to play and how much time it takes to... You know, get into it, travel to the tournaments, even to travel to one another's homes to play it for those who don't go to tournaments. If you're putting that much effort and burning that much gas and spending that much time, 10 or 15 or $20 a year is well worth it. Yeah, agreed. So, anyway, for what I on the road. on other things that's dropping the bucket. Yeah, what's a, what's a carton of cigarettes now? Uh, I don't know, I quit smoking 10, 15. A pack of cigarettes at our local Sitco is about, uh, well, we. We occasionally buy, we don't smoke, neither my wife or I smoke, but we go in there and we buy cigarettes on occasion. Okay. So figure that out. Okay. Um, 
but we tell people we don't smoke. But a pack of American Spirit, ding, ding, we should have a little bell. Every time we mention a brand name, ching, then, you know, we can get paid. $8.25 or That's something like that. That's just a carton of what? For one I pack. I saw a guy at the Speedway. What? It was like 50 bucks for a carton of cigarettes. What? Those must like... have been garbage I cigarettes. I remember because I don't smoke anymore either. I unfortunately chew tobacco, but... Thank you for not chewing bought, in, my, well, yeah, in the, no, in the I, broadcast foxhole. Is, um, <laughs> is, uh, yeah. But when I last bought a, a carton of cigarettes, it was like $20. For a carton. So, yeah. yeah. So that's how long it Yeah, mine expensive. used to be 20 bucks, I think. So isn't a squad leader update worth at least a carton of cigarettes? <laughs> yeah, okay. Enough. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, and and I, it's better for you. I knew this was leading somewhere. Okay. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if yeah. I need to bring that part into it, but yeah, just no, to make I an analogy, defi- I would definitely say so. So we also talk about other things that bother us. Yeah, oh, we want to open with last show we did. Why we love ASL? Should we talk about why we hate ASL? Starting with Jack. Well, I really had a problem with this when you said the like that topic. I thought, well, there's nothing I hate about ASL. You know, I said I just like the game. You know, I could think of a cute thing. You know, go oh, yeah, I hate ASL because of this. But actually, that's why I like ASL, because so. it makes me, I don't know, mad, angry, whatever, good time, low point, bad point. But There's after some- thinking about it, the one thing I hate is, my God, no more counters. I just want to end on <laughs> counter. I want to finish my storage system. You know, it's just every time yeah. I think I have it done, it's I have to reorganize it. And that, you know, that's yeah, I hear you. something I hear you we were talking about. You know, you mentioned about talking about later. This sort of leads into that. Why I don't look at other things so much anymore is if if I see something that has counters in it, you know, whether a third party or something, I won't consider it. You know, as I don't want any more counters. You know, it's true. Well, I can relate in that um, I have the Valor of the Guards, of course, and it's the first game I've gotten where I have not moved the counters into the storage system. They're still in the box? Yeah. Not even punched. Not even punched. I haven't got to play those yet. Yeah. I have two copies of Valor of the Guards on the shelf. I'm not looking forward to putting the extra cool counters, cramming them into my Russian system. They won't fit. Yeah, it definitely does cause you to have to reorganize. Like Valor of the Guards, of course, has the red... uh, Yeah, the red... uh, the DC guys, or is that... Yeah, the... the, the, What are they called? The assault engineers that are Russian. So they're different. And it's like, I don't They're cool. Any more in, informational counters? You know what was originally put in has worked. Has sufficed. You know? you know, on that topic, we mentioned the boards that are about thirty percent bigger than the normal hex sizes that the standard boards have. Yeah. And again, I just think that's the perfect size—the thirty percent larger size—because when you're when you have an AFV and infantry and a perhaps a CE or a turret marker on the AFV, or you know, leaders and machine guns, or a half squad with a mortar, or some of them are broken and some of them are pinned, or certainly when you have multi-levels, level one, level two, oh, yeah. you really need a little bit bigger hex. So you don't want the hex to be too big. Obviously, the deluxe boards were designed thinking that people would use miniature AFVs, which I don't think really ever took off, but that was the right. idea. And those those hexes are too big, I think, as far as you know, playing the game. If you're going to have a multi-board game, it's too big. Yeah, But 30% bigger than the standard hex size... I think is really ideal, especially with multiple levels. You got different things going on. Yeah, staircases definitely needed. So that's I, like red barricade size, right? Yeah, approximately red yeah, barricade yeah, size. Yeah, that's that, right. That, that's perfect. You know, it's. I mean, I'm fine with uh, the regular size. You know, for the smaller 
you know, scenarios and stuff where the counter, you know, I mean, density isn't that big, but you're right. Some of them, you know, when you just start getting packed in there and it helps. Yeah. So it takes up a little more real estate, you know, in the house, but well worth it if you have it. And that can be one thing we dislike about ASL is the original boards are a little bit too, a little bit too small. Thank you, Dave, for getting us back on topic. Yeah, actually, I would say that's something I don't like about it is that the counter density can be really annoying. And how many times Sometimes, you... even if it's a you know even if everything's in a stack and there's a couple stacks around next to each other, yeah, just it's... being able to get your fingers down to that's be right. able to pick how stuff many times up have you accidentally over? knocked your opponent's concealed stack over, or even if it isn't concealed, you accidentally knocked it over. Truly accidental. Oh, ex- some people oh. use tweezers. Yeah, and that's okay. And tweezers do help. I use tweezers sometimes, but. Again, it's still a little too tight. You're still going to accidentally knock them over sometimes with your fingers, and you know. And also, I should take a step back. You know, here I, I'm sounding fairly critical here. I don't. I don't mean to sound that way. I love ASL as well, much as the next guy. I picked the topic, so. But we're you know here <laughs> to talk about how to make it better and make it even more awesome than it is. Yeah. And so these are the kind of things that I think would help. Yeah, the legalese of the rule book isn't that one that, you know, it's it shouldn't have been written in paragraph form. I think it should have been bullet points. But I don't, you know, for me, it's just, you know, I look at it as as it is what it is. So you like it still. Some chapters are written better than others. Yeah, some chapters are written better than others, but it's, I like the game, it is what it is, and that's how I take it. I think different people wrote different chapters. I'm not an expert on this topic, but I understand that different people might have written different chapters. Like, for example, for sure, Chapter E was written by someone, I don't want to criticize that person, but I don't like the way chapter E is written, and it's written very differently than the way it seems to me the other chapters are written. For example. Uh-oh, cat's out of the bag. It's back. We're, we're drinking beer tonight. I thought it was broken. It is broken. Oh, yeah, it's partially it's broken. Out still. But it still opens a bottle. Everybody wants a, one of those. A Stella Artois. Jack brought that because he was playing... No, I was watching the History Channel. Oh, watching a show and they about were doing Belgium, the Ardennes. The Ardennes. But don't you agree, uh, Dave or Jeff or Jack, that Chapter E is written very differently as no, far as the tone I or the method? I think you are yeah. correct, yeah. But I know like, when we were looking up the five times you can take wall advantage, Right. You know, it's buried in a paragraph. and it, it, So it's a sentence. It's kind of like you know those five should just be listed. Yeah, like a bulletized yeah. thing. Yeah, one A B C D E. So it's easy to visually see on the page. But well, one of the reasons why I made the rules tables that we've had uh, two programs on in the past couple of years is for that very reason. I felt like they should be tableized. Like if this situation happens, then this is what you need to do. Yeah. And so I try to you know put all those paragraphs together. And, and but maybe that's just the way I think. Maybe other people don't think that way. But I think in kind of a logical, here are the combinations of things that could occur, and so I put them into a table and try to resolve each one. But combing through the rules, you know, and we talked about this on the programs where we highlighted the rules tables, that took me, you know, hours is not a big enough word to use. It took me literally years to put those tables together. Yeah, to combine everything. And, you know, Chapter D, Chapter A, Chapter C, putting it all together, it took forever. Yeah, I couldn't do that. But like no, what you mentioned about the wall advantage, though. But but when you're saying in one little paragraph, the one thing I like about the one thing about that wall advantage part is just it's all in one spot, and I can find the five times I need to. That's true. Declare it. That is know, true. Yeah, is, but yeah, they're well written in that way that the things appear multiple times in the rules. Actually, 
You find right. it in each case often. You know, yeah. it's, it's under wall advantage, and then it's under like CX when they can't do wall advantage. You know, whatever. Not that that's true as a made up example. I think it'd be nice if uh, tables like riches were incorporated into the rules rather than having to, you know, switch to a different spot to find those tables. Oh, that's true too. I have a smaller version of it right there in yeah. the rule book. Yeah, yeah in some in some cases, yeah. I think that would be well, very that would tie handy. Well, with my first idea of having the rules available for download each year, and maybe they could grab a couple of the tables if they like them, and right. say, "Okay, we're going to use this table and that table because we think those are good," and make that part of the rules, you know, next year or something. That would be awesome. Because there are times when um, you know I'll read through the rules and I'll think, "God, I wish these were all bullet pointed," but then I'll look at a table and I'll think, "Gee, I wish these were written out." And if you had them side by side, you could kind of. You know, for somebody that's challenged like me, who's not not not, a, not an educated man, and some of the rules, um, again, I, I consider myself maybe not the most awesome rules guy on the planet, but I think I'm above average from the research I've done over the years. And I'm telling you, I do not know how to play the cave rules. I have read those rules at least four times. I don't get it. I don't get the cave rules. They are very complicated to me. I think I do, which is scary because that means I probably don't. Well, you pr- maybe you do. You're playing you something don't. majorly wrong. Maybe. The beach landing rules way complicated. I can't remember. I did all my, but I can't remember really. And Tara you know, like was sort a of a bastardized version of beach landing rules, right? I mean, because I you played, yeah, I played Tarawa with, but Joe well, Joe it, had to learn all the beach landing rules, and all I had to do was it, shoot at not, him. But but the, the be- I think Tarawa <laughs> no, was well, no, no, I know it's official, rules. but yeah. the I think the landing it was like easier than the. Because we played, it was like Bendis, Jim Serafin, and Peter Wright, and a couple other. We had five people. We played Tarawa, or the beach landing, and you know, three Americans and two Japanese, and you know, you have to be roommates to play that one. <laughs> you do, yeah. I mean, no, here, yeah, here's what I'm saying. I know, I know pillboxes. I've studied pillboxes yeah. thoroughly. I get pillboxes. Yeah. I, PTO. I get PTO. I understand PTO. Heavy jungle, light jungle, bamboo, what have you. I get it. I understand almost all the infantry and all the almost all the AFE tactics, and we've had I've, I've been invited on your show once yeah. or twice. Where we've talked about things yeah. like that, so I do get almost all the subtleties of ASL. I've even played knight a little bit, although I'm not strong on it. I don't think the rules are too complicated for knight. I think I could figure it out, and I have figured out knight. But where I cross the line for me is with the beach landings. And with, with the caves. That's yeah. where it's too hard even for me. Well, the cave rules, I think, are like two or three pages long, which is almost as long as night, good interestingly point. enough. Good point. Uh, rice patties. That's a good one, too. Yeah, I, I, I get rice patties. Order, I play those. So you well, have to play the caves. I, the, the I desert. play the, all the caves. Rice yeah, patties yeah, are desert. I've played desert, really and I understand static. desert. Yeah. But the See, difference between like the wadis and the... So that's, mm-hmm. I never bothered to... The wadis and the gullies. The gullies. Yeah, they are different. That's true. A little bit different. And, you know, desert's not simple, but, again, not too complicated. If you no, put your mind to it, you can no, figure it once out. Once you get going and doing it, it's actually it's pretty easy. But the, yeah, but, like, but the caves just drive me crazy. With have, all you the played, stuff. have you played caves? I've tried. Oh, okay. Well, I have to admit, I've never read the cave rules. I've done, fi- just... I've done the fighter bombers. <laughs> I've done you know, air, air support. I've done the gliders. I've done paratroop drops. I've done just about everything. And, and all of it's... Reasonable and, and well, I think you know can be handled. Would you trust me to teach you the cave rules? Because I've got I've got cave rules. Do you really? <laughs> and all that <laughs> hidden, all that hidden stuff you got to write on a piece of paper. You got all that? Isn't I, that like a lot of work? You got to pre-plan your defense and write it down, and then I forget where I put stuff, and the enemy goes through it so often I just reveal it. 
early, but not anymore. Now, I, I've gotten much better at uh, set up a separate side defense, or and they have little maps where you map out all your little caves mm-hmm. and your little in, secret entrances and connections, and they can move between caves, and so it is tricky. So, so it's action. not super static. I just view caves as being like a static. You know, as, as the defender, you, I'm here. I don't get to really do anything, but poke out and shoot once in a while and pass my morale checks. And it so, is. I never bothered to read them because those scenarios don't. Um, I'm not interested. You don't in, like but, a static defense where right, you just where held up I in just a couple here, fortified houses and waiting. I need to roll my morale check, morale check. Okay, my fire, I shoot, shoot out. <clears throat> but the point you mentioned is it's a cave complex. You, I guess you could actually move through to different caves. Yes. Different caves. But it's so. still pretty static. So. Yeah, if it's static, I don't care for it. And that's why I never even bothered to read. But then the, the beach landings that usually go with the cave rules are also, are also fairly challenging. But like Tarawa was. Beach landing, but no caves. So you only had to do the hat. But that was just and like, to me, lines. that's like one of those. It's just, okay, you go, you get boom, boom, boom forever as the Americans in the beginning. And then once you land, it's boom, boom, boom on the, on the Japanese. Japanese. Yeah, that's and I just found like. that wasn't a fun, you know, campaign. You know, I you, still found that fun because, um, partially because Joe was so enthusiastic about it and got me very psyched about the historical aspect of it and try and you know and imagining how the battle actually went I and not so much from a gaming standpoint right. but from the I historical standpoint. I remember you talking standpoint. about it early on in the the podcast about your experience I was just thinking back to ours with and one of our problems yeah. was we had five guys and one guy was always late one guy had to leave early, so we only had like two hours to. Oh yeah, not enough to play, and not everybody could take survive their personal morale checks as the Americans landing on the beach and just getting pummeled. You know, it's, yeah. it's but you eventually make it there, and then once you get your toehold, you know it's time to rock and once roll. you blow a hole open through the the coconut uh, those uh, coconut log walls. But my left which, flank just. He didn't pass. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's tough. He failed his morale check. The well, we should do. Yeah. Uh, Meaning he quit? No, he didn't quit, but we. It, it wasn't enjoyable for him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we should do a, a caves. Uh, I mean, we definitely, as we're moving through the rules, well, okay. we should do a caves episode, and maybe Rich and I could challenge ourselves to play a few caves scenarios, figure out the rules enough, and then. Uh, I'd like to do, do that. A show. I would like to do that because yeah. I'd like to learn. Yeah, I have to give you guys credit on that because you're willing to give it a try. Oh yeah, I'm not even going to bother. Yeah, what I don't understand is <laughs> the surprise I have. <laughs> I understand there's a lot you? of guys who don't like to play Pacific or don't like to play Japanese. Yeah, right. So now, that no that's problem. not that hard, yeah, and it's actually easy. kind of fun. But but it's just like the caves. That's the only rule section. I'll admit I haven't read. Yeah, it's the cave section. I have read, and it's made my head spin. I I might have maybe read the first paragraph or numbered section or whatever but it's i have no interest in playing a cave scenario there's enough but my point is though you know there. i'm a kind of guy that has read the rules a lot right. i think i'm considered to be you know again i'm not the top rules guy but i'm probably in the you know top half for sure and i've taken the time to make the tables that we've talked about so yeah. I, if a guy like me who really loves the rules and yeah. loves to really understand the rules is having this much difficulty with something then something must be amiss. No, I agree with your point there, and it's like it might be one of the reasons why I just sort of glazed over it is, is 
for a while, you know, every year I would pick up the rule book and read it from, you know, from page one through, yeah. to through the end and just chapter G, part of the caves, I just go, er, well, let me turn a couple pages and go and to the, on. you know, I just never really sat down and, uh, you know, I would get to that point and I'd go, well, never played a cave scenario. None of my friends want to play them, so I'll and skip I do. These I do like pages. what you guys. I think you talked about it. I don't know exactly how many podcasts ago, but it's fairly recent. You talked about how you were playing a number of hedro scenarios in a row. Yes, and that recent. was yeah. a really, really good point that all ASL players should take note of. If you're going to play a new rule like hedros or like caves or winter or caves or night. beach landings or night, you ought to play a number of scenarios in a row. Yep, do it. Do three or four of them. That is a, that's a, a great suggestion and a great observation. Yeah. Hammer it in. Well, shall we switch topics? No. Let's okay. just stay on this for the rest <laughs> of the night. Rich, you're not claustrophobic, though, are you? No. I okay. think that caves are perfectly uh, great places to be. Okay. <laughs> Depending well, on the circumstances. Uh, good to know. When I'm in a cave for real, I always think there's going to be an earthquake and I'm going to be crushed. Hmm. But that's just me. All right, uh, next topic, ROAR. How accurate is it? And what is ROAR? The regulated, automated, animated recon? (laughs) I think one of your words is right, but maybe not the other ones. I don't know what it stands for. I forget, but it's a bit on there. I see a lot of people use it. I used to enter stuff into it. I don't, you know, I know like some tourney directors will use it for picking yes, out tourneys yeah. and I just to me as it goes with like I think play testing is an art I think determining what's a good scenario whether it's going to be balanced is, is an art I know some people that can look at a scenario and they'll go that's worth playing and it is I can't do that for me Roar is unless you have multi, you know I don't know how many planes is valid but I just find that you know, some will go, oh, this is balanced because, you know, 10 American wins, 8 German wins. You know, it's, I don't think that's enough. I just sort of go, it's neat, but that's my extent of it. You know? Well, I think, it's, first of all, it's all we have. So, good yeah, point. it's better than nothing. Right, yeah. right. well, yeah. And, I'm not gonna and I remember it. that Robert Banizic, my good friend, who's uh, one of the great ASL players, lives in Ohio now, he used to write an article for the Windy City War Gamers publication that we no longer uh, have. He called it Swimming with the Sharks. And he would deliberately go out of his way. This is when Roar was new. We're talking like 15, 20 years ago now. He would go out of his way to find Roar scenarios that showed an imbalance where he knew that he had a lock to win with the other side. Remember the Swimming with the Sharks articles that he used to write? Mm -hmm. And so he made it a point. Of course, this is when most of the planes on Roar had less than 30 or 40 total planes. So he could find one that showed... 8 to 2 or 14 to 4 or something like right. that. And then he would know that there's like a surefire way to win is the other side or a pretty close to surefire way to win is the other side that the other folks hadn't considered perhaps. And he used to call this swimming with the sharks where you could like bait somebody into playing the scenario against you and show them the raw record, take the losing side, and then he would like win every time. Now as time has gone on, and now you have some planes on there that are, you know, 162 wins and 148 wins for the other side by now some of those scenarios are pretty well established as being balanced or not yeah now yeah when it's like jack saying if it's a new scenario and it's 
you know, eight wins to six, that's better information than nothing. It shows that the other side can win, but it's certainly not, you know, well, you know, as, as well statistically balanced as the hundred planes plus. But it's still all we got. If you see, you know, it's four to nothing that the other side has never won, it certainly makes you suspicious. Right. But but you do need to get at least I past 20 my, points. My thing yeah. is, is yes, I, I see some people go, oh, this is balanced because it says 10 and 10. You know, to me, 10 and 10 is not enough playing. You know, you get as... So how many, how many is enough? 50? A lot. 50? Okay, you but know, if it's 10 and 10, that tells you one thing. If it's 10 to nothing, that tells you something else. Right, yeah, it'll well, tell you true. something else. But, but what that small saying is, is it could be... You know, me playing this scenario against Bendis or me playing this scenario ten times against my kid. You know, a lot of it is us reporting to Roar, you know. Well, well here's where it also gets skewed. If, like, for example, I remember back again, I'm, I'm an old-fashioned guy, so you remember the scenario Rockets Red Glare that's gotten yeah. played? That's one of those multiple hundred planes that's on Roar. And everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but it seemed to be that the consensus over a period of years is that the Germans needed the balance, which was an extra little half squad, to help them make it balanced, is what I recall. After And this was determined perhaps after many years and many tournament planes of Rockets Red Glare. Well, the point is, as that became kind of a known fact, the new scenario norm for that scenario pretty much had the German balance in it, which was with the extra half squad. Yeah. And so as the data started to compile... And I can't remember what the numbers are. We'd have to look the it up. The numbers are American, 174. German, 154. Okay, well, there you go. There's many, over 300 planes of that then. So, But how many of those are with the German balance of the extra half squad and how many are not? Don't know. We don't know that. It's just too many variables. You know, it's like something you're talking about, something, you know, future end of night is just, as I think, like you mentioned, like playtesting. I think being a good playtester is an art I can't do it, but um, I'm jumping away from things. But I think it's a good thing to look at. Roar is a good thing to look at. I just think I see sometimes people take too much stock into it. You know, it's a good starting point. And that's so would possible. it be? May, would it be improve? Could they improve it by adding stuff like? Um, not only do you, not only do you record the win and the loss, but the maybe the grade of the players on each side that yes. we're playing. But who you know now? You know now you're asked. Someone has to edit that. You know someone has to be responsible. You know now you're asking someone to take. Well, I just set this up. It's you know I think it's good the way it is. You know you can where you can report win loss. You know you get enough data points, it'll statistically yeah it'll balance out. But it's also up to you know. Me was report the the game, and sometimes I report the game, sometimes I don't. Yeah. yeah, maybe they would encourage people to not post. If you're teaching a rookie and you beat them, don't post that. Please don't post that. Right, but look how Do many they, scenarios here. Are Do they say three, anything about zero one one? Yeah, you it's know, not it's. Do they say anything about posting? Um, you know whether or not you should use the balance. If you are posting. Your results, because like Rich, Rich pointed that out, you, you don't know if they've used the balance or not when they do their. But some of those report. Well, balances would be a whole other discussion about balances, but I find some of them inconsequential. Change your eight zero to an eight nine one. 
big stinking deal. Well, I think I that... I only directed two fire attacks with him, and my die roll was so high it didn't matter anyway, or his morale checks were so low he made Yeah, the sniper killed him anyway, and then I had to take a one check instead of a zero check. So and it didn't matter at all. It hurt me. You know? yeah. yeah, or it can be, yeah. And but, that's what it comes on what you talk about later. It's like in the playtesting, you know, where I think it's something that's an art. You know, some people have a good skill at it. But I do like the way it is, though. I mean, all that criticism to make it, you know, uh, it's better than nothing. It's better than I nothing. Certainly, once you get into the big numbers, it does tell you that the scenario is balanced once you get into the big numbers for the most part. But, you know, even even though it's um, it's great and everything, I, I, I have to wonder how many people report on it. I mean, obviously, Some are more one, than others. one in... 30 games, I one think in 50 I think Dave games Goldman used to report all of his tournaments under Roar. I don't yeah, know if he's he still would. doing that, but he used to do it for years. A lot of and work. Because he would tell us not to report them because oh, he was going to report them. Oh. I mean, I haven't been to the oh, okay. tournament in a couple of years, but back in the or I don't know, but 10 years ago, whenever he started doing it, first couple of years, he ran it. He said, I will enter them. Yeah. Do not enter them in. Yeah. Um, and are all the scenarios in there? I mean, just they about. Just... I mean, they have uh, the the numbering systems here: VV eighteen, FT one fifty, yeah. AP the action pack, SA three, TOT time on target. I know that four FE sixty five. What is that? Fire for effect? No, it'll be FFE. Ponyry sixteen, Tap four, MWT C. That's official. O forty seven point one. These are the identi- ID numbers. I don't recognize. Uh, even those publications. So there's got to have all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah someone, there's a lot of dilution there. They, they, yeah, I mean, it goes in another topic you're talking about later on, but, yeah. you know, is, is on the third-party stuff. You know, is... Um, well, like, Brand, like Brandenburger Bridge was, I believe, I could be wrong, but Brandenburger Bridge went through three different... The name was always oh, that's the same, right. yeah. but it was a critical hit scenario, yeah. it was a something else scenario, and then it became an official scenario of, I forget the letters and the numbers, but Brandenburger Bridge had, you know, had like three different name designations, Yeah, although it was always Brandenburger Bridge. Yeah. So that gets diluted, and, and it was the scenario was ever so slightly different each time. Yeah. But well, anyway, Roar is still as good as we got. They listed, it's as good as we got. But, but they listed Brandenburger Bridge as Z5, so that would be the one that came out with... The route report. Right. Correct? Oh, good, Dave. But didn't it also become a critical hit yeah, and something it was else? Yeah, route pack, it's not list- critical hit. And it's then- not listed. I think if they put Z5, that means it's officially... Okay, but, it, but I think everything, if you enter it in, if you played it now under oh, the different people would still put it here, not knowing Z5 put, should not be put there. I, you're right, you're right. You're probably right about that. Did you sort it? Uh, By the way, that one is 46 Russian wins against 28 Germans. That's an awesome scenario, by the way, even though it is a little bit unbalanced. Apparently it's unbalanced. But it's still fun to play. We didn't know that. It's fun to play. Yeah. So who looks at who looks at this before they play? Well, when I go to a tournament, I look at it. For, I, I'll just speak for myself. Oh, okay. And I look to see, you know, is it about balanced or not? And, of course, generally the tournament directors are trying to pick ones that are balanced. But when yeah. they pick that new stuff, which is one of my pet peeves, they're always constantly mm-hmm. driving towards the new instead of some of the great thousands of scenarios that are out there that are good, right. that are balanced, and just because they're four years old doesn't mean they're bad, or just because they're eight years old doesn't mean they're okay. bad. But anyway, you know, at, le- at least it tells me something. But when it's you know two to one or three to two, you know, that really doesn't tell me much. Right. You and how do you tell. feel about that, Jack? Do you mind playing the same tournament or uh, the same scenario over and over? If it's a good scenario, a tur- I don't mind. But yeah. th- but 
<laughs> just like what Rich said, is that sometimes, you know, they come out with a scenario pack, and then it's in the tournament six months later. But just yeah. because we played it, just because it was it's an eight year old scenario, doesn't mean it was played that much. It could be a great well, scenario. That's true. You, know, you mentioned I playing mean, it over and over again. Maybe Tiger. it hasn't been played. Yeah. From the Windy City, now let's speak a plug to Louie and those guys, but Windy, or Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, Windy City Wargamers 8 or something, yeah. Uh-huh. I've played that 10, 12 times, you know, and lost one, you know, but it's just a great, great scenario. But how yeah. many people outside of Windy City Wargamers have played that? Besides the <laughs> Windy City Wargamer tournament, that's the only one where, where I've seen it played, sure. but it's one of those that. Oh, I lost I had too many beers. It's been <laughs> you did. I was slowing oh, down lost, earlier. He no, lost no, his no, train. Jeff, Jeff, I think you're a, you're a great example in the number of years of you've been playing ASL and improving your your game skills and your knowledge of the game. It's been what four or five years now that you've yeah, been playing. Right. There's a ton of scenarios that are more than five years old that haven't been played that much that are right. great scenarios. Mm-hmm. There's lots of them. What about 15 years ago? What about 20 years ago? There yeah. really are some awesome ones out there. Yeah, there's some dogs too. But you could easily see which ones are the dogs. Yeah, and in fact, another one of my things that I think they should do instead of just cranking out all this new stuff all the time, let's go back and revisit some of the old scenarios that truly were dogs, and just modify them. They're probably awesome scenarios if they could just be modified and tweaked, and they'd be usable and fun again, and they'd have new life. There's got to be hundreds of those that no one plays anymore. That just with a little bit of effort could be modified to become balanced scenarios. Well, that's sort of the that's that's got to be the paradox that the game that happens to all game companies is uh you know, it happened to Dungeons and Dragons and it, it probably happens to all of them where they say, you know, here we've got this great thing and we we want everybody to play it and you can play it over and over, but we're not making any money. We we sold it to our audience one time. Now what do we do? Change you you got you got to come up with something it. new. You got to come up with something new. You got to come up with something new. You got to come up with something new. And it's it's not it's not even about playing it anymore. It's about getting the new stuff new out there so that stream. new revenue Change. stream. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you know, I see all this new stuff coming out, and I I, I kind of like to buy it, but I've got God, I've got hundreds of scenarios that I haven't the way, played well, yet. Yeah, yeah. But, but like the difference between that and the D and D is. The ASL core rules have stayed the same. That's D&D, true. D&D, we're on version 4. It's very different. I'll admit, I'm one of those guys that'll play. I enjoy it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Hey, three out of four of us. <laughs> yeah. Three out of four of us. Um, but wait a second. I want to make a point on that. You know, we're talking about being cost-effective and maybe some ideas for MMP to consider is, is perhaps what we're, we're suggesting here. I am suggesting that this is a more cost-effective way. Rather than designing new, 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 new... Oh, I see. It takes a lot less effort to modify the 200 scenarios that are considered dogs that nobody else plays with with the Australian balancing system, perhaps. That'd be a quick way to do it. Or just by redesigning the scenario quickly and address some of the concerns. That's that's less expensive and less costly and less time-consuming. And you could sell that new pack that takes the place of these... Scenarios that no one plays anymore because yeah. they're imbalanced. Now, yeah. I agree with you there, Rich, but I also think a lot of the people would go, well, I want something new. Yeah. I don't want a, a fixed, older scenario. I, I would, if, if they took that with some of the I would buy that in a heartbeat, but I think a lot of people are still going to be, well, it's just, why are they remaking something that's old? But aren't we running into a, um, 
you know, again on the new stuff again, and I guess I'll sound I am sounding a little bit against the new. Haven't we fully exhausted most of the theaters and most of the situations? We've done winter, we've done summer, we've yeah. got heavy dust, we've got light dust, we've got night, we've got Pacific, we've got hills, we've got valleys, we've got paved roads and city, you, know, you name it. We, yeah. we pretty much got the Russian German thing down. We got the American German <laughs> thing down. We got you the think? American Japanese down. We yeah. got the we got the British. And there are theaters that they, you know, we've got, I mean, we, we must have, I mean, in fact, if you were to sort, I'm sure someone must have done this, if you were to sort the dates, all the scenario dates yeah. in order, we probably got almost every day of World War II covered, <laughs> and some days, probably yeah, multiple more times. more than once. And yeah. someone had a spreadsheet on that, the chronolo- chronological order. Yeah, I know I've seen it. So my point Remember is... Remember it was in the annual used to be they got to be getting to the point where they have simulated just about every little battle and little skirmish that probably occurred we got to be getting close to that point no there's still tons more oh you mean of those nationalities well i mean in world war ii of the significant battles that occurred we must have had most of it covered by now significant ones yes i would bet yeah and yeah you could always find another little curveball but my point is it would take a lot less effort to fix the ones that were trying to simulate a certain action that were perhaps poorly designed for whatever reason at whatever time and bring it back to life. So maybe what they could do is take some of these old scenarios, fix them, rearrange them like you're talking about, and package them with the bigger boards. So then, Jack, that's that's a reason to buy oh, the pack. Yeah. So it's it, yes, it is scenarios you've seen before. They're slightly different. Maybe some people wouldn't buy it. You know, right. maybe some people would. But if you package them with some of the bigger boards, then they're like, ooh, something new. So that well, that's all that. Well, that makes me want to talk about winter boards. A segue to that. Winter boards. But before yeah. we do, um, Roar is worth having. At all. I think it is. Yes, Jack. Yes. Oh yeah, Rich? for sure. Yes, Jack. Absolutely. I have my I say yes to things it. again, yeah. but yes. It's like the McLaughlin report. McLaughlin, yes. Yeah. One word Raw reports. Is it worth having? So, um, what, winter boards, that sounds like a great... I am on to this. I want winter boards. I know people go on Vassal and they print them out in winter boards. I've seen them done. I approached Ron Schatz about um, printing out some winter boards for me. I, I probably just have to get into Vassal myself and figure out how to do this myself. Um, I made a list of the scenarios from... The Swedish pack, which had more counters in them, but they were white, and I put them in a separate little tray, so I didn't have to rejuggle my Russian. Well, if it's setup. official, <laughs> I don't mind. I'll, I'll live with official. Well, new no, counters. this is third party. Oh, third party. This, yeah. But they're cool Swiss white counters. Wait, time out, Dave. Just yes. for those of you listening, oh, yeah. you, you you couldn't see what I was just observing as Dave was explaining this. He was looking directly at Jack and almost trying to almost beg for his approval of this <laughs> yeah. suggestion with his, with his hands. Which you couldn't quite see that it's okay with to, the sound. He was basically yeah. just clamoring, hoping that Jack would not pummel him for his opinion here. Yeah, it was embarrassing, really, kind of, in a way. But, uh, <laughs> but see, now why I like those, and those got all punched and put into a tray, is because it was a separate little mini nationality. Yeah. So it was easy to do. Yeah. I didn't have to, like, cram them into the Russian, you know, rearrange the Russians. Okay, be nice but, to Jack, be nice. point being, um, <laughs> so I made a list of the scenarios in that pack that have winter boards. And I thought, I'm not going to backlog and find out all the past winter scenarios. I'm going to start looking forward. I'm going to play those. I'm going to go back to the, then the journals I uh, haven't played yet, look through those, find the boards that I'll need in white uh, for winter, and 
get them done. Now, Ron Schatz has actually then had emailed me some files that he had actually designed, redesigned some of the boards in his own art program. And they really did look really sharp. It so better. let me get this straight. For example, if you had a, a given board that had wheat fields, the wheat fields wouldn't be there if it was in its winterized form, Correct. for example. Correct. The orchards would show uh, like brownie just, just trees like instead a, of yeah, uh, or white specks on the green. Instead of and, green, okay. Yeah, I think it's that kind of thing. like brown. Isn't it brown? You've seen them, Jeff? I haven't have seen them. Rich I haven't seen them. I think I have seen them on the computer. I don't know if I've seen them in real life. Yeah, when I went to Joe's I've done it once, on Vassal. I mean, it, it, it's it out or just... No, yeah, I've printed online. one. I, I've done it online or on Basel, and I have have printed them out. Um, it is helpful, you know, having the the grain, grain gone. all gone. Yeah, brush comes open ground right. And when you're deep talking wood or boards, oh, are you talking well also with them with the white? Yeah, white tint. ground. Yeah, I just like it as an artist, as a as a visual to remind me it's winter. It's really crispy. It makes me feel. Well, if they're cool going to go with our idea of the boards anyway, they might as well make a winter version of at least the most commonly used winter boards. I was wondering yeah. if that would be a good pack idea. Here's a pack of scenarios and we've redone the boards white, but I know I think I mentioned this to um, uh, Perry when we interviewed him at Aslock mm-hmm. and I don't think he thought that would sell you know, at you all. Know, you know, again, when, I mean, you, when you look at the board, again, we're looking to, at trying to make money for MMP and that's really not our job here, but we're trying to you know, trying help, to help the hobby and trying yeah. to help, help uh, the game go forward and succeed. It wouldn't take that much effort to take an existing board and make it a winter board. You wouldn't think so. As opposed to making a whole new board. Print, right. sell them all for 240 bucks. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I would bite, but again, I don't know who, who would. Well, McLaughlin report. Jack, would you bite <laughs> on winter boards for 250 Probably not. I, I, I bite on a lot of things, but probably not that. Rich? I would if they were, again, of the larger size that I'm suggesting. Jeff? Yes, if you gave me the $250. <laughs> Okay, so see, it probably won't sell. I just, no, I, no, I probably would. But yeah, I just sure. think there's enough yeah. variations, you know, you know, with the winter grain being gone or whatever changing. It's just I played long enough that, okay, it's winter time. This is what it is. You know, I'm used to You it. can mentally yeah. make I, the switches. I can mentally make, make the switches. Yeah. Now, I might be more willing to buy it is I might not like the gray, the white, background on it but if it's okay you had a standard winter board and, and all these terrain types pretty much changed across the board through winter time then i'd be um more likely to to do consider it. purchasing yeah. something like that but i just see so many variations okay well it's winter this time you know it's you have this change but this is still here. Yeah, deep then, snow is different than light snow, and right. I would just want it white. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Again, mine's more of an artistic interest. I play miniatures, and you know, I put out the green cloth and the green trees, and I have one set that is my f- for playing World War II. Um, the rules they're not played a lot anymore, but uh, uh, Battleground. Uh, and I have a set of, I do a white cloth, and I have the winter-trained model trees all in winter. And then the, I have all the miniature troops, squads, in the winter camo for the Russians and Germans and Americans. And, and um, it, I, when I lay that all out there, I think I just love the look of the thing. No, I like the idea, and I agree with you. A couple times I've done it on Basel, a winter scenario. It really looked good. It was really helpful to keep in mind the different rules while you're playing, it's just can that be standardized across all the winter winter scenarios? You know, is it going to be, you know, I get a, well, now I got to change my orchards here 
orchards are different. Whatever terrain types are different, if you can do a blanket change, I think it would be. And then should you come out with a set of boards for playing at night? Were there, what no. would you do? They're all it's black? all black. When the power went out at my house during the Paso meeting, Palatine area spoilers, we were playing with flashlights. Were you there that night? No. Wait, really? You played with flashlights? Oh, yeah. And candles and flashlights. And we were like, you know, oh, look, uh, I'm, I'm shooting up a flare. Yeah. <laughs> Light up just a section of the board, you know? Um, yeah. How many hours were you out? Uh, that night it came on, I think, within an hour. We continued playing. We were not really. No, that's good. Candles and flashlights. And <laughs> it's a fanatical game. Um, you know, L- LFT has a, uh, on a slightly related topic, I know they've got something coming out very shortly with uh, like a mini campaign game where the, the, you play on the same board, but there are different boards because as you continue through the series of scenarios, the terrain changes uh, because of the amount of destruction that went on, and, yeah. you know, which sounded really interesting mm, to right, me. So. Yeah, we were- so. so there's some there's some good possibilities there, but one th- one thing that uh, I wanted to talk about tonight was speed of play, mm-hmm. and the, the the reason why I thought about this was because Dave put it on his outline. <laughs> do, you, do you know? I, oh, I'm sorry, I have to jump back to Roar. They do list the balances here, isn't this what this is? Yeah, they have the most balanced scenarios that have greater than or equal to X planes, as I recall. It's some kind of primary balance: Russian win slash German win. And then no results at 91 over 85. Does that mean with the balance, with the Russian balance? And once previously recorded, they didn't have it. Okay. Just so you know. I think, I believe that's what Well, I think they also have a list of the most balanced scenarios you can search. Oh, and just go to those and right it'll, away. And it'll and tell them. you which ones that they consider the most balanced, but they rule out ones that have less than or equal mm. to so many planes. planes. Okay, I so don't know what the number is, but you can very quickly identify at least what Roar thinks. The most balanced, and then they have the opposite too, the least balanced scenarios. So, were those original, original squad leader John Hill squad leader scenarios? Were those balanced? I don't remember. It's I'll been too long. I bet they come up pretty even. I don't know. It's been too long. But Jeff, you were switching to. I was uh, switching to speed of play. The Australians, because John Hill mentioned that this one of his John Hill mentioned it that was it's too slow. It's the too game slow. Now. The game's too slow. It's just not fun. And the Australians say we all play too slow here mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they play fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would get a lot done. So would you like your games played quicker? I Actually, I would. I well, agree. It, it depends think... upon your side you're on. You know, sometimes it's much harder on one side than the other to play quickly. You know, it's not fair to one side or the other. On many scenarios, it's not really like chess where, you know, each side has the same number of pieces and the moves can be timed. And the longer you take on one turn, the less time you have available for a future turn, which is the way chess clocks work, as I understand it. With ASL, sure, some of the scenarios, it's about the same on both sides. But many, many scenarios, there's a much more burden of thought on one side or the other. It's usually the attacker, attacker. but not always. Sometimes the defender's looking for all of his HIP units, like with those crazy cave scenarios like Correct. we were talking about. That would take longer. So, But generally speaking, it's on the attacker. And so yes. you really can't have a chess clock mentality, in my opinion. No. It's kind of unfair. Because that's equal, right? Right, is what you're saying? That would be hard to balance out. Because the point you just made is this, a lot of majority of the times the burden's on the attacker. I've been at a tournament where I've been the attacker. The defender goes, oh, I need to go have smoke a cigarette, I need to go do this, I need to go do that, you know. And I also think a lot of times people are just too worried about making a mistake, too worried about losing. Definitely. You know, just yeah. go, you, you mess up, 
just remember it for next time. Yeah, you know, some guys are really hard on themselves, or you know, they make a move and they're like, oh, you know, they just yeah. get so mad at themselves for making the tiniest little mistake. You know, they're yeah. too tough on themselves. And a lot of times, even putting that much thought into it, you uh, the die roll will turn against you anyway in the end, and it kind of doesn't matter at some point. I, I don't want to underplay that, but once you know the system well enough. You know to draw fire to do certain things. Right, it's not Just like go chess. And do it's it not and absolute you, you know. like chess. Yeah, right. You might move a guy through the open and, and get away work. with it. Correct. Or you might make a conservative move and take a two plus one and break everybody. Yeah, and I right. had a game. I sat there saying, "I've won this." He's got to move that ten neg two down the street with a stack, and I get four shots at him in the open. I have won, and guess what? Mister ten neg two made all the checks, and the people. Half the people with him made it, and he, he won. So yeah, yeah. it's just because a lot of times you eventually just boils down to is you have to run across the street. But it, but that being said, it is annoying to play a player who is just really slow. I mean, I think I'm slower than average. I think that is true about myself. And I think when I'm playing against some of the top players, they do think I'm a bit slow. I don't think I'm like over the top slow, where they're like don't even want to play me. I don't think I'm that bad. You guys can post a comment on that on the podcast. Yeah, feel, feel, feel anonymously. Free. Feel free. <laughs> but I do believe in the scheme of things, I'm slightly slower than average based on what I think I've observed about myself playing with other players. But there's some guys that are way slower than me that even I'm like, you know, you know, gnawing on the table waiting for this guy to go. Just, just, just so slow. Yeah. So maybe the I, maybe the play testers um, should report how long it takes them to play these scenarios and how long each side. You know, so they I don't know. Change them to make them shorter. That's well, I mean, they just might making they, them smaller. They, they might just say, you know, the German, you know, on average, the Germans took, you know, four minutes per turn, or something. You know, whatever. Well, whatever. the Frank Terrier does uh, put times on their scenarios. Yeah. Well, Schwerpunk did that too, but, uh, but it's some. You know, I agree with Rich. You know, I'm not the speediest of players, but I do realize I'll try and move it along. But it's just, it just bogs down. It's everybody, yeah. you know, they're moving their tank. Okay, if I move the tank into this hex, it can get shot here, it can get shot there, or I can shoot there. You know, every per, you know, what can happen here, and then the next one, what every option can, and then if he gets blown up here, what do I do with it? You know, yeah. but here's here's what really drives me nuts that I just can't stand. The guy's kicking my butt. I am getting destroyed. Oh, and he's still being uh, slow. And he is like, you know, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you are winning like crazy. Just, you know, do it. And, and my misery. I often catch myself saying to people, um, uh, you, you know what to do. You know what you have to do. You know what you have to do. Uh, you know, and they do. And I'm kind of saying, just do it. You know, come yeah, on. You have you, to you, go. You know what to do. There. Yeah, you have yeah. to take this building to take that one. Right, that's, know, that's what drives me think crazy. Think about the better players. Are they are they faster, I think? I'm trying to think. They are, but it's because they knew the rules so well. Right. They know they what, know they what, know what it takes do. to win. They know how to do it. And at a tournament, certainly, they probably played a scenario. A couple times. A couple times before like they've gone in. Maybe no, not all of them. Not I, all of them. All these guys, is, you know, you'll see like in October, fast of the years I've been there, they'll play a new scenario mm. in the final round. You know, huh. neither one's had a chance to play it. Yeah, you know, so they claim. Well, I'll trust a lot of their judgment on it, though. Yeah. I, I did get hosed once on something like that. Yeah, I did, too. Someone said they hadn't seen it, and then during the game it was those new airplanes from um, from Operation Orsha, uh, and 
and then he like knew all the rules of how to play the new airplanes. He's like, oh no, these are special. They have the twenty millimeter. They have the larger cannon, and they get to kill on it this number. And I'm like, how? How would you know that? You if know you that? haven't played this before, well, it goes back to one you mentioned earlier. Rockets Red Glare. You know, a guy mentioned, oh, this, we we're playing that in my first tournament ever, and he said, oh, you know, I've never played this side. You know, let me let me take that side. I, hey, I'm a new guy here. Yeah, go ahead. You know, and we're playing, and I'm getting my butt whooped, you know, and a friend of his comes by and goes, how's it going? Oh, a lot better than the last three times this side did this. <laughs> I go, you didn't need to do that to beat me on this one. Yeah. At least people should tell the truth. Yes, I have played this scenario. Yeah. Yes, I designed that scenario. <laughs> At least admit it. So there's really not much... There's not much we can do about slow play I, other I than encourage so. people to play faster and, practice, and think about... How about practice faster? Practice faster. How about when you're playing your friends at home, just pick up the pace. You yeah, know, yeah. just try go, Yeah, try. Yeah. That's a good point. Try just and try have and go fun faster. with it, you know. And remember when those squad leaders in real life were giving those orders, they weren't. They didn't have that much time to think those things through. Like they had to send those guys you know, out there. just got to make a decision quick. Well, when you're in a tournament, though... And it's a time tournament, you know, like in the ASL Open here in Chicago, yeah. Where, yeah. It's, where you only have so many hours to complete it. That puts tremendous pressure, again, mostly on the attacker. And then, by, you know, sure enough, the defender wants to go take a smoke break or he wants to go take a walk and get fresh, whatever maybe well, he needs a break for. If he does, you better... That's too much. But you better have your... When he does that, you can have your offense move planned really well, you know, um... Okay, you're, you're going for a smoke. I'm gonna. When you come back, I'm gonna be moving quick. Right, I know, but, now but I you should it. have your offense sort of planned while he's moving. That's you know. True I mean, you need too. to be a step. At, you know, as as I'm not saying have everything planned out, but you know, if I'm playing rich and he's on the attack, you know, I'm watching what he's doing, paying shot, but I'm also trying to plan what I'm gonna do on the In attack the then. So then when it comes to being my turn to attack i i'm sort of ready to go you know i think things could have really changed you know he may have just blown the crap out of me or something but you know i'm sort of ready to and what takes a long time sometimes is when you got to look up a rule like oh geez should i do this or you don't want to tell your opponent what you're looking up because it might have it might affect. yeah right yeah that does take time um but like jack's saying too i think there's a way to train your mind yeah to be able to be thinking more instead of watching your opponent be firing and him thinking because I, I used to do that I used to sit and watch them think and I've realized you know while they're thinking I need to be thinking of my what response that I, my middle's crumbling I have to move my left flank is that the best thing yeah it's better than my right and so when it gets back to my turn on the defense boom I'm ready to move my left flank over to protect the but, middle but when you're talking about the guy you know the, the, the theoretical hypothetical people we're talking about need to be willing to do what we're suggesting here which is some are, f- and some just, you know, like I say, is I'd never claim to be the speediest player. Probably like Rich, a little below average, but I'll try and pick it up. But some people just don't get it. You know, I was playing one guy in this scenario. We're doing the KGP, the, uh, which one? The four scenario campaign game, you know. I says, whatever you do is the Germans attack at night. That's what I would do. Did it, you know, and they didn't do it, you know, and then it just, and I was, it sort of ended the campaign for us because then I ran over things and then it, it wasn't any fun for me either, you know, I mean, pounding, but it was, some people just don't get it. 
you know, no matter how much you yeah. tell them, go ahead and try this or do, try that, that, and do that, go for it. And I hate to say it, but some people may use uh, slow play as a tactic. Yeah. Well, that's what I was referring to in certain yeah. situations yeah. where they know it's timed and they know the pressure's on you. One might do that. I mean, most players wouldn't, but yeah. some might. I hate to say, I wouldn't want to say, to, but maybe. I, I, don't, I think the majority of people wouldn't do that, but I wouldn't put it past someone to do something like that. In a tournament. Not when you're playing at home. Yeah, not yeah. when you're playing at home. We don't want to name names, but I know Brad Pitt is like that. <laughs> and the only reason why I mention his name and why I, why I don't feel bad about it is because I know he doesn't listen to our show. But as a squad leader player, he does that. He's ruthless. So that's what I've heard. It's just happened. Yeah, I know. I play him. I play him every now and then. What's next, Dave? Speed up the show. <laughs> What's the next topic? What are we doing? We're at one oh. Or just so we know, we're at one oh. Third party. We got IFT. I think speed of play sort of combined yeah, with, for with tournament John etiquette. Hill. Yeah. Food and social practices while gaming. So we're moving on to the topic of etiquette at a tournament, in particular when it comes to eating. Or if you're hungry, oftentimes the tournament will go over the dinner hour, or you might have skipped lunch because your scenario went too long at lunchtime, now you're really hungry, you want to eat, that's understandable. But I can't stand it when my opponent is eating while we're trying to play. I Mm -hmm. mean, he's getting greasy french fries or pizza and he's touching the counters even if they're not my counters i don't even want to touch the counters even if they're his counters yeah drives me crazy <laughs> i don't like it are you like i a don't mind freak? that that much it's just if if it's <laughs> well, my set don't eat and touch my counters. well yeah and they're rolling the dice and they get you know they get the wetness from the drink on their fingers and then the dice are wet and then there's wetness on the glass finger licking good <laughs> but then chicken you just say no you know if you want to use my dice Go wash your hands. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's if you know. I mean, I don't mind. I have my dice tower. I use the same set of dice for the last fifteen years. You know, I see people come up with you know a bag of twenty dice, and they oh this one didn't roll good. Let's get to do this one. I use the same dice. You know, it's a red one for the Russians, a blue for the Germans, yellow for the Japanese, maroon for the. British, so on, green yeah. for the Americans. I use the same all the time. If you want to use them, you're more than welcome to use them. You want to use your own dice, that's fine. This is what I'm using. But if you're going to have a greasy hamburger or <laughs> extra marinara sauce on your pizza, you know, you're <laughs> not using it, you know, go, you know, or my count. If it's your stuff, then that's fine. But uh, I'll sort of be a little more lenient at that point, but I do see your point on that. You know, it's just well, now I got to grab that counter. And, yeah. So how know. often have you encountered bad eating etiquette when you've been playing? I don't think I've ever encountered. I, I have. I have a few times. And you, a and couple, it's not something that happens a lot. It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen a lot. But while we have everyone's ear, we do want to make them aware of these things. What about playing shirtless? That's the one that bugs what? me. What shirtless? Yeah, I've never experienced. My that. rule is no shirt. No shoes, no ASL. Wow. I've never seen that. I, oh. I can't even imagine yeah, that. Yeah, guy was just shirt I mean, that's off, frightening. he's really fat, he's scratching what his about belly. The Are you serious? Oh, the female <laughs> topless players I enjoy. Yeah. I've never seen that, Dave. 
Well, I, I, I know. either. I was kidding. <laughs> okay. I will say Brad Pitt occasionally plays topless, <laughs> well, but it doesn't bother me. He looks me. good. Yeah, I like him. You know a lot <laughs> about Brad. <laughs> oh, yeah, and when Brad oils up his body, I come over and he's had his body oiled for Jeff. <laughs> now, I, I've seen you know, when, a few oh. different things, you know, like not at tournaments, but going to someone's house or something. You know, a good friend of mine, well, Rich knows him, and I know him, but he'll come up with some crazy stuff when we when we play. But, um, How about so, th- so well, that's interesting. You go to somebody's house, you know, and it's their it's their house right. and their rules. So you got to cut them some slack, but still, it's gross if they're chewing tobacco or. Uh, I'm guilty of that, but if you I play go Bob to your, Bendis, who also chews if, tobacco, and, if I go to your house, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, you've yeah, never I'm chewed not at my house. Do, you come to my house, well. Then Tough titty said the kitty when the milk ran dry, but you know it's I'm gonna do what I want. Are you from the country, man? <laughs> but when I go to your house, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Did yeah, you I'm repeat that gonna... philosophical statement? No, <laughs> I tell that to my kids, and they go, "What?" The list, if the listeners want to, they can rewind their. Uh... But no, it's you know, and uh, Dave brings up smoking. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, I used to smoke. 15, 20 years ago, I don't anymore. But, um, you know, if I go to someone's house, you know, it doesn't bother me so much. Um, I don't allow smoking in my house because that rule sort of came in when we had the, my wife was pregnant and had the kids. You know, you want to go smoke, I don't mind. But go up, you know, yeah. up to the garage and go do it. You know, we'll take it if I'm at home. I don't mind taking as many smoke breaks as you want. I'll go play with my kids or whatever. Yeah. But if I'm at someone's house and they don't do it, I don't really have an issue with it. You know who smokes sometimes? Sometimes, and it it doesn't bother me too much anymore, but George. When I'm playing George and he smokes, it just, it drives me crazy. George Clooney. (laughs) You play with a lot of famous people, Jeff. I I I I ought to invite me over here more. But yeah, no, that's well, two smokers. That's that's a great deal, you know, because you can get the secondhand smoke also. But yeah, most players are very respectful. Bob Holmstrom's excellent. You know, he always steps outside. Never right. even asks to smoke in my house. Um, you should probably do a series replay with Brad and George both. Oh yeah, do it for Ansel Extra. I could the next yeah. time. I will we'll commentate yeah. on that. Yeah, actually, if I'm doing a. Um, I'm kind of asking around. Uh, for celebrities to find celebrities that don't play ASL, I'm kind of having a hard time coming up. But I thought it'd be an interesting topic. Sometimes celebrities that, that do not play, play. yeah, yeah. it's yeah. kind of Will Wheaton. I think doesn't play, for so I'm going to try to get a hold of him. It's difficult. But you know, I've had I've had uh, people come over to my house. I'll say, "Come on over and play squad leader." You know, be here at seven. They'll come over and got a total sack lunch with them, mm-hmm. and they'll sit and eat the whole thing before we can play. Oh, before you play? I, yeah. I, uh, Dave like Timmon will bring his food sometimes, but he's very, very neat. You're very yeah. neat, Dave. He listens to every show. Yeah. Um, and it's also he's getting there on time for me, so he, him bringing his dinners, helping me to get started early so we can get to bed. You well, know? that's, well, you know, not good. together, but. I'm good. diabetic. You know, I sort of need to fi- <coughs> follow a somewhat schedule of eating. You know, and I got, you know, as I sort of, you know, you say, oh, come over and play at seven. Well, I should eat at six, but. If I eat at six, I'm not going to make it to your place, you know. And a couple times where I've been late on the Thursday nights coming to your place for the Palatine group is 
I'll get off work, go up here, and then when I turn west on Palatine, oh, you go. I can't find a restaurant Correct. to go eat. Yeah, that's I have right. to go all the way past your house. To Northwest and then, Highway. And then, and then, you know, I'm killing, you know, it's because I'm trying to get up to your area quickly. And yeah. so, but I need to have some food before I sit down for a four-hour session of playing for basically medical, you know, I need to give my insulin and, and take a shot and go, and I need to show up. You know, and I'll, every time I've shown up at Dave's is I've had a bag of food, but for the timing considerations, is but that's my dinner time. But you also don't expect to just sit and eat it separately. You're, you're already starting to look at the scenario and right. get going while you're eating. Um, and you're also a very neat eater, Jack. And I try you never and order, get and I grease and, on my counters. Yeah. yeah, I don't order the Italian beef dipped in the sauce. Uh, <laughs> good thinking, yeah. Yeah, order something. Well, tiny. yeah, it's okay to eat. You know, when you're just getting the scenario card out, maybe. And but when yeah. you're playing, I think you should be done eating by then. All right. No, I and, agree. And wash there. your hands. Wash your hands. You know, yeah. and I don't even really like. Um, though I used to go to Joe's, and we and he would always have a snack there, or he would come here and you know potato chips or something, and we just got used to that. But he's the only one I ever. I had a snack with while playing squad leader. Yeah, we, we just got used snack. to that. But Dave, you and I don't. Rich, you and I don't. Yeah, Jack Castle does not snack. The in general, it's interesting. Amongst my D and D groups, there's one that's just huge on snacks. They bring feasts of everything. Playing that pencil and paper game, they're not really. They have their miniature, and that's about all. So it's not like it's going to be touching your stuff and sharing anything. So, but they bring a feast, and then the second D group just brings brownies. The one girl always brings the brownies. But Dave and goes to all the one, trouble. You know, you go to all the trouble. You you paint all the miniatures. You create all the scenery. You get all the things set up, and then somebody comes and plops a big bag of Doritos well, in the center of, of <laughs> the action. And it, it does bug me. I do want him to keep the food on the separate yeah, on the side tables. Sure. Keep the food off the table area. Also, that probably I guess the French fries. Well, yeah, ASL, ASL is a very uh, you know you're touching counters. Yeah, you're t- all common. touching the same prep fire counters yeah, and what have you. Move uh, there are times when you. Uh, uh, you know, use the same dice frequently. I don't know. There's a lot of things in common that you're touching in, in a small little area. And I think, Rich, the but same the same rules should apply to players who have smallpox. If you do, I don't <laughs> think you should be touching my counter. But it's also one of those games that speaking is going back to sort of speed of play as a scenario can go across multiple eating sessions. <laughs> You know, is okay. I'm not going to eat. Well, I was passed out from starving to death. Right. Well, if you tell yeah. me you that know? you have this situation, what you're telling us now, or if you were to tell me that in the beginning and just let me know, we could plan breaks around right. that. Well, no, no, I know. I yeah. mean, there I'm being more so. It's just I mean, tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah. here, Playing know? the all day. But game. you know, it's the all day. Is is you know, we were doing a red barricades campaign, Jim Seraphin and I, and years ago when we play, you know, we come you know we'd buy a case of beer and order a pizza at some point you know because yeah, we'd be Jim playing for eight hours too. yeah you know go you know we would he'd come over at eight and next thing we'd be looking it's like three o'clock in the morning or something you know and i go well god i'm sure glad i don't have to drive home tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i like about hosting See, too the, in my it's, house it's, but uh in the winter especially but yeah. now that i'm old but um but no, I agree with you. You know, you know, you don't go in and you know over someone's. Yeah. Well, plus, it smells. I mean, you're 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 close. You're physically close it to these smells. people. It smells. So it. I don't know. It's a real turnoff for me. I don't like to watch other people. <laughs> well, eat what that do you close. say on a Sunday at a tournament? 
I don't say anything, but it bothers me. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say. Yeah, anything. there's not much you can say. Uh, I guess. What about belching at the table? Is that allowed? Or how about Only uh, if you're eating if your the, host's food to show what you like it? Yeah, yeah. What if the guy needs to spend a half an hour in an iron lung every once in a while? I did ASL with a friend of mine who's in the hospital. You did? Really? Yeah. That's kind. He had the energy? And yeah, you, he, he was. He, he had something serious happen, you know, and he was in, but, you know, in for a brief period of time. But we went and we, we I brought the stuff and we played a scenario. To the hospital? To the hospital. Really? That's very kind. That's really nice. Thank yeah. you. Get credit half board scenario. Yeah. I didn't bring cool. out the red barricades, man. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving it. Yeah, set I up did it once. Body on the table. I did it once at a hospital. When it's when Julia had her twins. Hey, can I go back to what things we're concerned about with squad leader? Yeah. And I think we've discussed this before, and we it needs to be discussed again. And that is just the longevity or the the desire that we all have, whether you're a new player or an older player or what have you. Most of us are older players at this point, wanting it to continue, wanting it to succeed, yeah. wanting it to last. That is why I got married and had boys. To so, propagate the... To uh, propagate. <laughs> I didn't mean that, no, a serious point. I well, just, well uh, at the last roundtable, we did kind of talk about that in kind of a half-serious, half-joking way. I do have two sons, and they don't play ASL. They play other games with me, but they are not into ASL, and they never will be, as far as I can tell. Uh, I mean, I'd hold out hope. There for could that. yeah, like five years from now, you might yeah. be surprised. They might yeah. be ready. I think yeah, they'll, they'll I have to hit a certain age. They're going to like it. Sort of side, you know. My wife is all worried about my boys not wanting to ride horses, and they didn't want you know, and they do now. You know, she was all panicky. Sort of a jumping off topic there, but my son Jack has a lot of horses in his house. <laughs> yeah, few in the house, but down, but down in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> hell trying to get them up the stairs yeah but both my boys are interested in asl you know as, as my older son 13 we've gotten through starter kit too my younger son who's eight or nine you know he'll grab the boards and pull out i gave him all my black ss counters you know it's just i just call them they're just germans you know and i gave him a handful of russians a handful of americans and he'll pull out four of my old the hardboard fold folding maps, the older style maps, and they'll have it all out, and they'll push them around, and, you know, I would use it for, you know, like adding, you know, okay, what's 7 plus 7, you know, divide it, well, division didn't happen right away, but they, they both are showing an interest in it, and we actually, my son and I, we have a scenario set up on the dinner table, the, one of the Italian starter kit two ones, you know, and it's... That's great. And, and actually... Dave Timonen, uh, and he's on vacation. I would have grabbed him at the last minute and tried to get him here, here tonight, too. But um, his son is very interested. He would sit at the end of the table and just watch us and ask some pretty good questions. Like, oh, that water? Can you go on that water? Do you I, have I boats? I think I was at a game where that, that happened. I think I observed that, and that was interesting. Yeah, so he's, and he was asking, when can you teach me and this Adam, my son, But, you Adam, know, for the most game. part, though, I mean, yeah. in addition to your sons or this boy yeah, you're, you're right. about, it's it not, really ain't happening. And it's not happening. And, 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 you know, I give you guys a lot of credit with your Palatine group and with Joe Pelham's uh, Northern Illinois group. I think those are great, and, you're, and the podcast itself is great. I mean, how many comments have you had? from listeners over the past couple of years where they said, hey, I listened to your podcast. It's gotten me back into the game. I bought the starter kits. Yep, yeah, tons of them. Tons of yes. those. Yeah. And that's fantastic. And you guys deserve a lot of credit for that. Thanks. And that's great. Wish other but people we, would give but, us credit. But, but, but we, need, we need to, uh, you know, again, 
I'm just speaking out of you know my own heart, and I think we all feel this way. We want ASL to propagate and yeah. grow, and we do, or at yeah. least continue on, if yeah. not grow. And you know, let's face it. Every time you go to a tournament, and I've gone to a number of them, you know, we're all getting older. <laughs> the grain. I, I'm 45 myself. I think I'm uh, just you know I don't have scientific data, but I think I'm about maybe even slightly below average in age to the be. average tournament yeah. player. Jack and I are 50. Is yeah, that right? 50. But I know there's a few guys younger than me, me too. but not that many. Well, most, of, most of them are mid-40s or higher. Yeah, it's true. The question was, did they ever do a starter kit tourney or a Saturday tournament, mini tournament at the Chicago one? Yeah, at the ASL Open, didn't they have a... That, they did at the last one. Did they have any players? I'm I sure know they, they were did. talking I they about did, yeah. them, cause I, I, I really, because I really... I've missed it the last few years, Um it happens to be baseball season, and I'm coaching my son's team. Yeah. But I want to take my son to that tournament, and that was one of the things I was going to do is yeah. bring him, you know, sign him up for the starter. You know, if they did that, but hopefully by next year comes around, I'll just have him wean the starter kit and go full, go, go full on it. Yeah, but but yeah, Rich, you are right. I wonder if the growth of the Euro games in popularity could ever transfer to ASL. I just don't know. I think it actually helps because once you get used to the, the board game mentality... Just getting away from a video game is yes. a step. Correct. Yes, but, uh, without a doubt. And then if you got that, that, that appetite or that uh, hunger has been, you know, is still strong and the type of people who would want to be interested in a game like that, I think that moves them towards us. Yeah. And again, I can't help but wonder what the MMP guys are doing. They must sit down just like we are right now and talk about the future of the game and the future of the system and what we're going to do. I'm sure they must have little talks from time to time. It's hard to imagine. (laughs) I thought Perry mentioned something about it. At some point, too, I don't know if you have to just be resigned that things change in life. Yeah. But people still play Monopoly since the Great Depression. So. Yeah, but Monopoly you can buy for. $20. (laughs) $20. And and it's readily available. It's readily and a starter kit is $20. Yeah. And you don't need 10 modules to play it. Yeah. Well, that's just because we are fanatic. Yeah, that's just because we are fanatic. We are. Having to get everything. You really don't. You can really, you honestly, you can grab, I try and tell people this too, that email us sometime. You can grab Beyond Valor and you can play it for years and years and years. Yes. You know, and they say, "Well, when can I get this? When can I get that?" I say, "Instead, look for some more scenarios for Germans, Russians, and you know." Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand you would like those things, but there is tons to do. So, yeah, there are any other topics on the list that we should touch on before we? Uh, Jeff, what did we on? What you call your moderator today? Yeah, I think uh, you know we're an hour and twenty six minutes into this, and uh, no, I, think I think we've good. covered the good topics we could do. But I think this, I think we should. If you guys don't mind having me back, another round table. We three. Will. Yeah, you we know, will have you back. Shouldn't be such a distant or. Would you mind if you talked about number away. five real quick? Yeah, I would be cool. more than happy to come back. Up. And we no, need not to do sooner. Uh, yeah, right. then yeah, later. That's what I it just got away from later. us, you know. Rich is feeling and um, Rich jump in like with the topic. To... Well, number five that you have on your list there, the nationality differences in ASL. I just want to throw that out there because I think that's a cool thing to talk about. Okay. There was one. Do you want to save it for number three? We can save it. We can hold it back. Leave it up to you. Let's save it for It seems like three. it could be a 20-minute conversation. Yeah. How about IIFT real quick? Thumbs up, thumbs down. That's a quick one. Oh, okay. We'll do <laughs> McLaughlin Group. Jack, IIFT? Thumbs you down. You have to say it out loud. Thumbs down. Rich? Boy, uh, I got to go slightly thumbs down. Jeff? Thumbs up. Dave? Thumbs down. Because I have the other one memorized. Yeah. 
So anyway, then I'm the we'll, minority. Dark we'll start off it. roundtable three with the nationality differences. You know, Johnny Everybody Depp do doesn't really vote. like the IIFT either. Johnny Depp voted yeah. down. Went down. How about George and Brad? Um, one up, one down on both of them. Gotcha. Yeah. You'd so anyway. All right. Well, thank well, thanks you for th- having me. Yeah, thanks guys for coming. We appreciate thanks it. Thanks for coming. Yeah, great. great to be here. Thanks we'll for have you back again. for the next one. And, and thanks everybody for listening. As usual, we hope that you roll well and rally well, but, but not when, when you're playing, playing us. us. Ta-da. Bye everybody. Bye. Yeah, that was the... I was thinking of the tattoo. I was pulling my shirt out. Yeah, what was the...